Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. I just want to let you know, even if you don't finish this episode, that I have tremendous amount of love for you and I wish nothing but good things to come for you this year. Even though we're going through a crazy crisis globally, I know that it's going to get better and I know deep inside you do too, which is why you're here. introvert. I get it. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So, hey, man. So, listen, I'm really thankful that you got the time to, you know, join this today. Uh, yeah, so, generally, no what I like to talk about a lot of times is around mental health. And, you know, a lot of people suffer from anxiety and depression and yep. various, various flavors of it. And we just don't really talk about it as openly as we could. So, part of my mission is to just kind of squash the tabooness of that subject. I myself mm-hmm. suffer from some of those things as well. And it's hard. We live in a world that is so full of labeling everything. And then yeah. just like discounting people and putting them in a box, right? Yeah, so sure. I wondered like, well, what would it be like if you just market peace and love and talk about anxiety and depression openly? Like what would happen? You know, and it's kind of like yeah. a lot of people t- seem to accept it because you realize that you're hitting a, or striking a chord that many people do face, but then don't have the strength to really talk about. So that was kind of the intention of why we wanted to really talk to somebody like you. You know, you have your own podcast that you started, which, you know, in today podcasting is actually just an it's a facade really for conversating right it's just sure. more people yeah it's like an excuse for people to just right. talk about stuff really exactly yeah. so i felt like people to just talk as podcasting is a great way even virtually you can connect through zoom like we are i mean you're sitting in mars it's crazy and we're talking all the way through the stratosphere here with no yeah, disruption exactly. folks this is amazing exactly um, such you know you thought we were using 5g no we're yeah, we're on 12g now. over here guys we're yeah. in the stratosphere <laughs> so without further ado ladies and gentlemen i've already hit recording i didn't tell godwin yet but no, i just wanted fine. to uh yeah. you know kind of get into this and and the reason why we're connecting is because you started your own podcast called Digital introverts. Digital introverts, and he's starting his own book, Digital Introverts, and how they're you know leading business by being being introverted. You know what's interesting to me about all of that is it's really difficult to say that you are an introvert or an extrovert because you're not one or the other. Everybody has both. It's just about different levels, right? So talk to me a little bit about like what made you like how much of an introvert were you, and then you know what kind of made you branch out into like saying okay I'm gonna go and find more people that are introverted and like try to get them to talk more. So walk me, talk me about that story. What's what's going on there? Sure. So uh, that's you're basically inviting me to talk about my life story in that sense. So well, essentially, so what happens is, uh, you know, for me while I was uh, basically growing up, obviously I'm here, uh, based in the Toronto area here in Canada, right? Gotcha. So uh, growing shout up, shout out to like, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, for for sure. And uh, yeah, no, it, it, you know, in terms of uh, you know growing up here, for me it was just like you know if we're talking about introvert extrovert spectrum. Um, I was pretty much like you would think like I was probably 90, probably like 95% introverted when I was younger. Mm. And that, you know, includes like, you know, it includes being extremely shy, socially anxious, had low self-esteem, all that kind of stuff, low confidence, everything like that. Right. Mm. So, um, you know, for me, like the best time of day is just for me to be by myself and to play with my computer games. That's just give me that. Give me that. I'm good. Right. Or video games rather also. Right. So right. give me that and it's all good. Um, you know, in school, I was like, you know, you know, just be concentrating in class. And then, um, you know, in, in during the lunchtime or recess, you know, I would ra- rather just walk by myself and look at caterpillars than play soccer with other people kind of thing. Right. So gotcha. it was always got like that. I didn't really have 
like your traditional friends. Like I didn't really talk to anyone. Did you get like, bullied? Well, um, no, actually, I didn't, which is a pretty. Uh, I was fortunate enough to to not you know be bullied actually. So uh, it's not that um, you know it was not it was not anything like that. But for me, it was just rather um, just a lot of thinking to myself and looking inwards, right? right? And so for me, like for a lot of people, they're like, oh. You should talk more, or oh, um, you know, should uh, open up more and to you know talk to talk you know talk to other people and to say the true feelings and things like that. Because I used to internalize everything, right? right. So, um, for better for or for worse. Um, and then, I you know, in, in third grade, basically in grade three, what happened is that uh, my homeroom teacher at the time uh, was basically uh, you know suggested to my parents that oh, you know, okay, you know, your your son is great. Is fantastic academically, but socially it isn't quite there yet. So basically, she suggested us to, uh, or for me rather, to go see a clinical psychologist. Mm. So we did everything. So we did all that, and um, yeah, I met my, you know, my psychologist. Uh, he was great, you know, fantastic gentleman. Um, and yeah, we had started doing these sessions over basically lunchtime and recess, so I could, um, you know, you know, it was during the day, so I can, you know, go back and forth from school. Um, so in during these sessions, it was basically, um, you know, we had two things that we did actually main things. So one first thing we always did was, which is asked me how my day was just to get me to the talk, right? Just doing a little bit of that small talk, right? Just to, because I used to literally like be mute, like, mm. on, like on mute. I'm curious. Uh, can I pause you in your time. story? Do you sure. recall at all? Like, what was it like for you in your inner climate when you were someone that was fairly quiet? Like, were you much of an observer, or did you still have internal thoughts that you were aware of, and you just didn't choose to like react on them? Like, what was your inner climate like at that age when you were like kind of like understanding more, or maybe even at a later point reflecting back now, knowing what you know now? Like, tell me a little bit about what that was like, because I'm trying to like really internalize what this was from your perspective. Sure. So, yeah, and I appreciate that question because it's not, it's a question that not a lot of people have or I've ha- haven't actually been asked that question before. So well, basically good. what it was, <laughs> so something new, <laughs> right? Some new perspective here. Yeah. So what that means is uh, for me, I am a passionate observer of things. I like to notice things that most people don't. So for me, like that includes like if we're in a classroom, for example, I'll notice or, you know, in, uh, you know, inside of my home, I will mm. notice, for example, when the painting or the poster is slightly crooked, like put it up, put it up on the wall. I've noticed that. Or I would pick out the, the, the one typo in a book, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's it's very detail oriented. It sounds to me. That's right. What, what's one, one thing I, what, when I see one thing, uh, you know, part, in particular, I can't unsee it basically. Right. So, um, and my favorite pastime is definitely, you know, nature watching, people watching, that kind of thing. So it was a lot of very being very observant and being and listening, right, and, and being receptive uh, in that, and just internalizing and processing, and you know, a lot of things. And uh, and for me, it was just I thought that was fine. I thought that was normal at the time, and that you know, uh, it, you know, I didn't really need to felt the need to really talk a lot, right. Mm. And, Obviously, my, my classmates did all the talking and uh, teachers did all the talking. I was like, okay, there's enough bandwidth there. And uh, didn't necessarily feel comfortable either with just sharing, I guess, you know, some of my thoughts sometimes. So, for example, when I was younger, um, doing presentations, class presentations was the worst nightmare of my life at the time. Okay? Wow, yeah. Because 
for me, you know, getting up there and, and you know, yeah, obviously, you know, a lot of people are afraid of doing presentations and doing public speaking, right? It's like, you know, people are more afraid of that than death itself. It's That's like, true. I've heard that. Right? But I actually looked this up and not as many people want to even do public speaking as I thought, which is weird, but totally yeah, true. But, but, you know, that, that, you know, that being said, you know, uh, you know, of course you have to do these things when, when you don't want to. <laughs> and so I begrudgingly basically tried to do them. And it's just, man, I remember my teachers did tried everything in the book to get me to do a presentation, right. Get me, you know, up in front of the class. So they were like, okay, class, um, please, you know, everyone just turn around. So I would be just talking to the back of people's heads. Right. right? Um, that, sort of didn't work <laughs> in the sense that uh, I knew they were listening, right? And, and you know, they're going to judge my every word anyway. So it's like, okay, it doesn't matter if I'm not making eye contact with you. Then some more extreme examples would be, okay, class, everyone leave the room. So everyone like literally got up in <laughs> the classroom. And then, but they were just standing outside, right? So um, just, just, you know, because they still need to hear the presentation. And for me, it was like, what's the point of talking to an empty classroom, first of all, but also second, also knew they were still listening. And so it was my, the fear of doing public speaking was driven by the fear of judgment for me, actually, when I was younger. So didn't want to put my, put my ideas out there, right. For fear of, you know, of uh, getting constructive criticism or, um, or disagreement or anything like that. So I just, again, put it all inside and, and just didn't like to talk about myself or my feelings or anything like that. Um, and going back to, you know, my psychologist, psychologist for a second, um, you know, after doing, doing the small talk, the second thing that we would do is that we would, uh, would play a classic board game actually. So he had like, do, like a couple dozen of, uh, of, uh, these like very classic one, board games, like, you know, Monopoly and life and like, you know, there's very classic ones. Right. And so we would play that for a little bit, uh, you know, as a way for me to get, to, you know, get me to talk more, but also have a fun time as well. Right. So it was a, it was a nice, welcome change also from kind of my usual preferred activities which were either the xbox mm. or my good old uh windows xp pc back then right so those were my preferred activities but board games were fun as well so i learned how to appreciate those as well and um yeah and, and then just kind of you know you know growing up it was just gradual journey of just slowly and gradually just being more comfortable with social situations and with, um, you know, inside, outside of the classroom, you know, I did, I did a few extracurricular activities as well. You know, a lot of, uh, sports and in, in terms of, uh, I did swimming, I did house league soccer, I did karate, um, and things like that. And it did, uh, well, I did more school on Saturdays because, you know, language class was, I learned Mandarin on Saturdays, right. And Sunday was church. And then, so like my parents did a lot of things to try to get me and put me into more social, social situations than just, you know, sitting at home and being in my just kind of environment for, um, just, you know, playing video games, right. Basically, gotcha. um, that was good, but, uh, you know, and it was the real turning point really happened around, around high school university around that time or college. Um, so this was, you know, for high school, for me, it was basically, um, so I went to a different, so usually what happens is that, you know, people go to the near, nearest high school, right? You, you know, you know, location wise. Uh, what happened for me was that I was placed into, like in, in fourth grade, I was placed into this like special, like enhanced learning program kind of thing. 
like because I did I did an IQ test sometime. They were like, "Oh, you're a genius!" So <laughs> get placed into the special like the silent genius. Like like you placed into this like special program for high IQ kids. I right. still don't know what that means, right? But anyways, you get like enhanced learning opportunities. That's basically what it is, um, kind of thing. And so in high school, I basically went to that school, that, that regional school, right, with with the same program. And so I was placed in, the, in with a group of like these uh, these individuals and like these other students who come from all different middle schools, right? And I was kind of basically the only one, uh, at least from my grade, right, from my middle school who went to that high school. So it was just a new new change because uh, my, prim- my elementary school, my middle school, were like people who I I knew already like from around my house basically right so uh high school was a change like completely changed my social circles right and, and things like that um which was just more comfortable for me because I could relate a little bit better to just you know the the kids in my program right specifically and so I got more comfortable with doing you know presentations and socializing and things like that I got more you know got more e- it got easier along the way and then I remember uh, in my final grade, you know, 12th grade, grade 12, whatever, um, I tried out for high school valedictorian, actually. So, um, and this was, when, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, just, you know, random decision I made, like, last second. It was like, okay, I saw the poster outside. I was like, screw it. Why not? You know, it, uh, what is there to lose? I'm not going to see, like, two-thirds of these people ever again. They're going to go off to some other college, university, whatever. Um, I'm ne- never going to talk to them ever again. doesn't matter. So I'm just going to put it out. This was before the era of Instagram stories, thank goodness, right? So, like, it you know, you don't have to, <laughs> um, you know, catch anything, like, too embarrassing for me. But uh, what ended up happening was, um, yeah, I tried it out. I Basically, part of the audition process is you have to speak in front of the graduating class um, of, like, 200-plus people, <laughs> right? So every all the students and all the... Uh, you know, all the teachers and, and other staff, right? Um, so I did it, you know, I, I made a little script. I, you know, I, I, I did my speech and I even like, I even did a little song through it as well. Um, afterwards, it was like, cool, fantastic, you know, I uh, did it. And that was the day when I conquered my fear of public speaking, finally. Like, I, it's just like, ooh, I'm done. This is so, this is much easier than I thought. And it's great, you know, I conquered my fear. Um, and you know, going to tell to, me about what that felt like internally. What was the, what was different than the silent observer kid in school who's now paved his path to figure out? Okay, I've I've gotten into all these different groups and stuff, and I have to be social. You clearly don't have any issues talking your mind now. So, what was the big difference? You know, like what did you kind of actualize or learn or in that moment? What was the in- inside like where you went had that sigh of relief? Like, okay, this is really not as bad as I thought. Uh, that for me, it was really. Uh, I changed my perspective on things instead of looking at all the negative things that could happen in mm. terms of uh, putting my putting my thoughts out there. I I thought about the positive aspects of impacting people with my message, right, and being able to, uh, you know, relate to other individuals, speak to their hearts, things or minds, things things like that, right. And and truth be told, afterwards, like when we went through the voting process, a lot of people came out to me and they're like, "I loved your speech." I voted for you, whatever the case may be. I, I was spoiler alert. I mean, I didn't get it, but you know, it was still a great experience for me, right? But ne- nevertheless, that you know, that was the first time in my life that I've been empowered to share my thoughts, share my message, and right. that it can actually have an impact on people's lives so much that they, you know, compel them to vote for me, right? So, um, I never did anything like that sort of thing ever, right? Up to that point, 
Um, so that was kind of where my head mindset or was at. And then if we're going to through, uh, you know, university or undergraduate studies, um, that was when I really came into my own just in terms of, you know, and, and moving away from home actually helped in that regard. Right. So I can mm, that really you a lot. understand a lot about myself. Right. And, and what I like to do, what I don't and how like much to your do. parents actually do for you what? when you leave the house, you realize. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Laundry, and, uh, and, cooking, exactly, exactly, all shopping. that stuff, right? Like all that <laughs> stuff, and I had to I had to really learn and make all the mistakes along the way, right? right? Yeah, through through that process. Of course, I grew as a person through that kind of uh, endeavor, and also just uh, yeah, living by myself and and making new again, you know, new friends at a fairly large institute. Like we had like twenty three thousand kids, or, or not kids now, um, junior adults. That's what I like to call it, like. Undergrad is that that weird transition period between, um, you know, <laughs> you know, being a teenager and then being an adult, right? Because you get basically most of the benefits of being an adult without most of the downsides of being an adult. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in terms yes. of like not thinking about student loans or mortgages or whatever, paying taxes or whatever. The case. Right. I mean, yeah, you do have to do those things, but your parents are probably helping with a lot of that stuff, right? Still uh, along that way. If you got good parents, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, I really put myself out there in terms of, you know, you know, talking to or making a lot of great social connections, like you know, talking about like Welcome Week and then, um, you know, different, different, a lot of different great social events, right? And in, 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 in terms of, you know, not only going to class, but also, um, you know, joining clubs, extracurriculars are great. And then, and then parties, those were fun to me because, um, really put my put myself out of my own comfort zone, but I had a great time, right? So, um, you know, again, you know, school, the the student life experience is definitely something that I do cherish, right? And do, uh, well, you know, somewhat, somewhat miss. I'm just going to say that somewhat in terms of uh, just being able to be in a large group of, uh, of peers, right? So, um, so definitely that was a fun experience. And then fast forward to now, basically how I've been able to, um, be able to yeah kind of you know talk to introverts you know, all types of introverts about uh and, and being and doing this podcast in the first place for example um yeah what ended up happening was that last summer last actually last august in particular was the year when or at the time when i started writing this book right you, you already talked about it in the beginning um it's it wasn't called digital introverts then but uh, basically the premise of the book was it was originally meant to be a memoir so it was for me a way for me to tell the story of what I just told you before, like the, all the stuff about overcoming like the shyness and the social anxiety right. and all that kind of stuff from before. Like I, I could, I literally told you a 10 minute synopsis of the book basically. Right. Of what I, what I, what I used to think the book would be. Um, and then what ended up happening was that, uh, it, you know, I, it turned it, or morphed into a book that included the stories of other introverts because I didn't want to just, because I had got great advice from, uh, you know, from one of our one of my uh, you know good connections on on LinkedIn. Because actually, you know, he runs this uh, book writing course, um, you know, which I'm a, I'm a part of. That's how you know, and, and he was I'm a part of, and that's how you know we kind of knew each other. Because uh, and then we started talking about the premise of my book, and he was like, okay, um, it, you know, the, the the you know the book idea isn't bad, but people only write memoirs only if you know you're either Michelle Obama, or you have an incredible story to tell, like Malala Yousafzai, right? So, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I can agree with that because you know it's like if you have 
more like plain i don't want to you know downgrade anyone's story but it's just like it's not as like Hey guys, I just wanted to step in here real quick and let you know that we also have this full conversation live on YouTube where you can see the video of both of us talking. I tend to feel like video captures a little bit more human emotion and you get to really see what someone's reaction was to a statement. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to YouTube and search for Blossom Media Studio. Now let's get back to this episode. You know, quote unquote exciting as, I mean, surviving a you know, shot in the head by the Taliban, right? So, uh, or things like that. So it was like, okay, I understand. I'm not that famous yet, right? But, <laughs> you know, um, and so he's like, okay, you know, why don't you kind of incorporate other, the other, a lot of other stories of other introverts? I think, you know, you're not alone in this regard and and maybe interviewing them would be would be helpful in terms of formulating your ideas for the book. So I started, you know, interviewing other introverts for the book. Uh, I knew some people, um, you know, some of my friends who are introverts and we already had this conversation before anyway. So like, oh, hey, you know, let's have a conversation about it. And some other new people I got through referrals, right? Um, what, you know, especially on LinkedIn. What ended up happening was that as I was having these conversations, I was like, wow, these were so impactful that that I shouldn't be the only one who was listening to these conversations, right? Or these, uh, you know, you know, these, uh, these words. And at the same time, last year, 2019, was the year when I was really getting into listening to podcasts, right? And, and I thought that, oh, you know, this is a um, great medium, great medium for edutainment, right? So parts edu- equal parts educational and entertaining. And thought that I, I put two and two together. I was like, at the time, I was like, I'm not sure if I want to do video, record myself through video yet. So I was like, okay, audio is the next best option, right? Because I, you know. Uh, primarily do a lot of content through writing at the time, right? So writing like, you know, uh, blog posts, articles, uh, social media posts, they're all mainly there's text-based, right? So I was like, okay, let's try audio. Um, so like I was, you know, kind of alluding to earlier, uh, you know, uh, started public or started recording episodes in January, mid-January, started releasing episodes in late March, right? Right, right when quarantine was just first starting. Um, and then, yeah, right now, I have, uh, yeah, just about 20 episodes uploaded and, oh, uh, you know, about 120 episodes recorded now, right? So uh, I think I already said this earlier, but, you know, now, now it's just, um, it's really turned into a project that's much bigger than myself, even though I'm still doing it as one person. But now it's just the, mem- the mon- momentum uh, going into it is just, uh, y- you know, you know, insane in the regard that, uh, you know, a lot of people really like, you know, listening, but also people are offering to, like, voluntarily offering to guests on the show, right? And I thought that, oh, you know, introverts are—they're not going to do this. Why? Why? why you know, right. why would they want to put themselves in this kind of uncomfortable situation? Whatever the case may be. But what happened is that, uh, you know, when I was starting to do interviews, you know, for for the show in particular, obviously I brought back the people I interviewed for the book, but also uh, some new people along the way. What ended up happening was that, you know, through a combination of different modes of social media outreach and just publishing episodes in general, you know, and you just get snowballs. You just get referrals upon referrals. And then people find you through just really random um, ways. And um, they contact you through email, through DMs, like everywhere. (laughs) And it's like now it's like, yeah, you know, my calendar is so is always booked week after week with uh, with either, you know, conversations about podcasting or recording episodes right so it's uh that's incredible man going from from going from a kid that barely could speak his mind to someone that's had over 
140 some conversations with people and is now like putting out all this good stuff for other people to like learn from and grow from. I'm curious now, what do you think is like the biggest reason why people give up or fail that are going through some things that you've gone through in the past? And what would you tell those people to kind of climb out of that shell of introversion and kind of put themselves out there? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, For me, it was just a, it was a combination of a few things for me. One was definitely, uh, I was, you know, I was tired of being the person that people kind of looked down upon, not, not necessarily looked down upon, but just just, just disregarded. Yeah, basically. Right. It's kind of, you know, Oh, you know, he's, you know, he's this, too is, quiet. You know, this is a person who's too quiet. He's not never going to be a leader. Um, he's just a good worker. That's it, right? Mm. And you kind of think about that quintessential like office worker that just shuts up, puts mm. their head down, does good work, and that's about it, right? Um, and nothing, you know, you know, and, and people, I mean, that's fine, right? If you want to live that existence. Uh, for me, I wanted something a bit different in terms of, you know, I was thinking bigger I was dreaming bigger, right? Trying to, trying to, um, you know, find my way in this world, and in terms of just, you know, uh, you know, spreading a good message and things like that. And I, you know, obviously, you know, embraced the power of social media to to do that messaging, messaging and connecting with people, things like that. Uh, another thing was definitely, um, you know, I borrowed this from from Jeff Bezos, but it's the regret minimization framework. Right. So basically it's like you want to minimize the amount of regrets you have at the end of your life. Basically, that's what it is. It's a really like nerdy way of putting it, but you know, regret minimization framework. Hey, sounds but good. That, but basically yeah, it, it sounds good, but it's basically that's what it is. Right. I don't want to be on my deathbed and say, I wish I did this. Or I wish I right. tried doing a podcast. I wouldn't, wouldn't know how many incredible people I would have met. Right. Wish I tried to start that business. Right. And things like that. Or wish I wish I tried to, Ask that girl out, for example, right? Like all these different kinds of things, right? So, um, yeah, it's commonly like, like I don't want to be in that state, right? It, it, you know, on my deathbed, wishing to have another life, another try at life, right? For that example. Um, and then, and the third was just really, um, for me, it was just I wanted to better myself as a person. Like, I, you know, I really, con- you know, became hyper self aware of. Who I who I am, who I was, who I am, who I will be, um, and my, you, you know, my you know my strengths, my weaknesses, my uh, and all those types of things. How I can double down on my strengths, how I can, I can shore up my weaknesses, and how I can work towards doing those right. And and for me, it's life is all about a consistent, never-ending journey of uh, y- you know iteration, ir- iterational improvements, right. Or so on, you know, you should always look towards your future self and what you want to envision your future self to be, how you can improve in different areas um, and go make it happen, whether that's, you know, you know, socially, whether that's academically, whether that's, uh, you know, financially, whatever the case may be. So I'm always all about the self-improvement train. Um, You know, if you look at me, like, and people always grow and change. And for me, like, for me, I became more extroverted as a result, right? And so going back to your original question, the very first one, now I would consider myself more of an ambivert. I'm in the middle now, right? More in the middle. So, you know, it, it, you know, sort of like 50-50, more like maybe still like, you know, 40-60, 45, 55. It's around the middle, right? But in any case, 
you know, I had or I developed the, these extroverted traits because I chose my chose to put myself outside of the comfort zone or at least like a step outside of the comfort zone so that I can gain more comfort so that my comfort zone has expanded as a result. Right. Hmm. So, um, you know, in that case, and for me, like, and so like, you know, one of the categories of, uh, of podcasts I really like listening to is the self-improvement podcast. And obviously digital introverts falls into that self-improvement genre. Right. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, love engaging with this, love talking to people about it, love so tell applying me, it to my own life. Tell yeah. me about the part where you were, you know, obviously setting goals or, or looking at what do I want to be? Right. A lot of times to me, at least in my experiences that where you're trying to go can create a lot of anxiety about trying to like look at the future in that sense. Cause you don't know anything about the future really. It's just all ideas and, you know, thoughts that we think are potentially sure. possible, right? Nobody knows yeah. the future for sure. So tell me like, is that something that you struggled with at all? Like while you were trying to kind of break out of your shell and keep trying these different things, like were you ever anxious about, well, will I overcome this? Like, or did, was that just kind of like not in your purview? You, were you an anxious kid? Did you, did you feel left yes, out? Were yes. you, you know, were you yeah. struggling through depression or anything like that? Like, w- talk to me about that. Sure. Just in terms of, I mean, just, in, you know, in general for me, like, you know, uh, grew up very, like, it's very weird, but you know, it's kind of, um, it's very self-aware of just a lot of, things that kids usually don't think about. So for example, um, not, not saying that, you know, it's hyper depressed or anything, but you know, I like to think about, I remember when I was eight years old, I was like, I was, you know, lying in bed trying to sleep. I was like, okay, you know, what, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of all this? Why, you know, with, you know, I, I think in school we we're talking about space, right? So it's like, and I'm, I'm in Mars right now. So that's right. <laughs> quite Coming fitting. At you live. But, but uh, basically it was like, you know, where did the universe come from? It's like, you know, you know, you know, space is so big, you know, what, you know, we're in this little tiny planet. What, what does life even mean? You know, we're so insignificant in the cosmos. It's like, why, you know, what, what does life even mean? What, you know, I'm just here, you know, tiny speck of time, tiny speck in, in the universe's timeline. What, what's the, what's the point of all this? So there's like, Bit of a uh, bit of uh, pessimism, best bit of nihilism, bit of uh, just life is meaningless. It's like, what's the whole point? I'm going to die anyway, so it's like I should just enjoy myself. Things like that, right? Think about a lot of. <laughs> well, at the lowest <laughs> level, you know, if I could comment on what you just said, at the lowest level, that is the, you know, existential crisis. It's the dilemma: Who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing here? Well, yeah, essentially, no answers to those. There's no objective answers. It's just interpretation. And and especially, you know, what you're saying a lot of, and I hate to, sorry to interrupt, but like part of what you're saying to me, it seems like people that are quiet or people that are introspective enough, if you really look at the grand scale of your existence in the order of magnitude of, yeah, go way high, high up. How small is this little problem that you think is like the end of your world? In exactly. that scale. Yeah. So it's, it's almost non-existent if you look at it that way. And if you really profoundly understood the impact of your existence in that scale, you wouldn't have anything to say because there's no words to describe the amount of uncertainty that exists. Like words are such a limited form of communication in that sense. That's also true. Yeah. Right? Like when you're processing, you're trying to articulate things that are happening experientially within you and you're trying to put them into words and hope somebody else across the way is going to get the exact same feeling or the exact same experience through the words. 
it's very difficult, right? So it's almost like, to me, it sounds like you were just a very, very um, contemplative, you know, soul that was just looking at life as it is and realizing its place. Where do I fit into that? And you came to understand that at some point, I'm going to have to figure out how to speak or, or do something. Otherwise, how the hell am I going to get around without ever speaking to other people? You know, yeah, so how, how, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're trying yeah. to figure out how do you fit in to that, you know, dilemma. Okay, well, I do exist in this world. I am life. This is one thing I really point out to a lot of people is when they think they think of we think of ourselves as separate from life, but you and I are the embodiment of life itself. We are the entire entire universe, the the expression of it. We are a part of it. We're no sure. different yeah. than the plants and the trees on this planet, right? Like, yeah, we're all like we're all made of the same elements, basic elements, yeah. right? So. Right. So, and but we just have this ability to speak, and a lot of our trouble comes from this the speak right like it's we get ourselves into trouble this idea who of who we believe ourselves to be tends to get itself into these corners or into these positions builds up this house of cards of scenarios and situations and then you find yourself stuck and so for me like really what i'm trying to get to is i think you having it at an early age that introspective that quietness i think very much today right now we need more of that because we're so caught up in a world that's busy moving so fast with so many people's ideas, thoughts. I mean, shit, you open up a phone and it's just endless, oh, yeah. right? It's endless. So you, it's not like yeah. there's not enough people communicating or not saying good things. It's just there's so much of it. But if you it's don't overload and yeah. if you don't find that quiet space, you will never realize what your existence means in retrospect to everything else that exists. And so then how do you find that individuality? So I guess where I'm trying to go with this is like how much of that that early you that you discovered the quiet you still stay plays a role in your life today like you know what what do you continue to like you know find that silence in you or do you feel like you've made just such a big shift now that you know that silence place is almost not exciting anymore oh yeah for me you know enjoying the you know i introspect all the time you know that's still it's still an exercise i still do you know i occasionally think about right existentialism as a you know as philosophy right yeah. i think about all that i mean i'm still i'm so that little child right thinking about uh you know the whole meaning of everything right um and, and my place in it and you know come to realize that you know for me like it's so needed introspection is so needed in this world full of busyness and notifications and just you know hustle and bustle here and there and it, it's so important for me and for other people as well, right? To to really, I don't care if you're introvert, extrovert, whatever you do, whatever the case may be, um, really take the time to, you know, occasionally, you don't have to do it all the time and be a monk or anything, but, you know, just take that time to really think about what is going on truly, right? What is, where are you, where are you in your current state? Are you happy in your current state? Um, if yes, continue. If not, uh, how are we going to improve? What what needs to change in your life, and how? What are the steps to to you know go towards your ideal future self, um, and and things like that? Because I I feel like a lot of people aren't truly living life in a purposeful way. What I mean by that is that a lot of people really just kind of go through the motions of life sometimes they're like okay now I need, they go through a gigantic checklist it's like it's like landing an airplane right and you have to check you know put the landing gear down whatever it's like oh you know i have to i have to go to go to college university get that degree you have to get that initial job i have to get married have kids buy the house buy the car um you know retire and then sit on a beach it's like great but what does that mean to you 
you know what, what you know is that is that a meaningful existence are you happy in your job what is your life's what is your life purpose what are you here what are you placed on this earth to do right well those is questions it, don't have any I, answers so i would actually i would actually argue back and say that it's better for you to to get into a state where you don't try to put words to anything at all you'd mentioned earlier you like to be in nature like i would really say experiment with just going out and looking at a flower without making any judgments about it can you just stare at nature without having any commentary about it you know that'll bring you immediately into the present moment and get you out of the thought loop you know the thought processing engine that's constantly firing in the background it's like finding that stillness you have to go beyond words right because words are just vibrations they're all sounds so if you get to a place where you realize okay there's more to me than just the the jabbering between my throat and uh you know that's what it is it's you and me talking right now we're just making a bunch of sounds where it's just noise like we can understand kind of exactly right but (laughs) if you get to a place where within you you're just like completely awestruck and in the real sense of the word not not in the you know hyper utilized word but in the sense that you really have nothing to say you're completely breathless in the in the sense you don't know what to talk about it because it's so magnificent you know i live here at the beach in pacific beach in san diego and there's many days when I'll stare out in the ocean and I just go like, does that need improvement? The same way that I feel like I need improvement? Does the wave care? Like, does this plant think about that? No. Like, so it's, it's or really? I mean, if it does, yeah. I wouldn't know. But so my point really yeah. is, is like finding that place of complete quietness within you where even you're not, you know, judging your own thought process and just observing it is really the only way to see who you are in this cosmos. And you'll realize that you're just the one watching all of the chaos and all of the order and, and just you're here to observe it all everything else is a plus everything else is plus me like every, you've heard probably heard this before and you, it seems like you you know a lot about philosophy so everybody's name is i am mm-hmm. everybody everybody refers to them as i so who yeah. is the i you know that you're placing in your thoughts what character are you playing out what are you trying to act out whose narrative is this is it yours is it something that you've put together and now you're so fixated and identified with it that you can't seem to let it go. Like the only way to dissolve that is to really find that place of where none of that exists, where that's just right. a fleeting thing, right? It comes and it goes, just like your thoughts, just like your emotions, just like everything else in life, it comes and goes, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like for me, like I have to do, uh, you know, to get myself when I had a very low point in 2017, it was when I was uh, going through a really tough depression phase. And believe it or not, God, when I'm actually complete opposite of you in school, I was a loud kid. I was the kid that always had all the loud things to say. And I actually always got told that you talk too much. You should talk less. You're annoying. Right. And I was the, (laughs) but, but at the same time, the challenges were somewhat the same because it was, it's no different than you not having your voice versus me trying to find my voice and give it meaning and and then have it directed in a way. It's the same internal battle, but externally it just looks, you know, differently. If I can go into one more deeper point like that, I would say all humanity here, we're all one. It's just we have different characters that we play out as the ego or as the personality or whatever. Sure. But if you look between the eyes and you look dead center and have no words to say, you and I are just observing receptacles of this universe. There's no difference. Yeah, we can. We have the ability to feel the sense and experience the universe in this way, right? Based on how we're built, right? With our, you know, you know biological you know uh chassis that that's basically how he would describe it as right Mm -hmm. we're able to experience it in the way that you know like like the plants like the waves like everything else it just we just have the right combination of biological machinery so that you know we you know you and i can you know talk to each other today 
Yeah, and that's the beautiful part also about life is that there is so much uncertainty and what we know is still way less limit, you know, it's way limited to compared to what we don't know. Like the unknown is way greater. There's way more black oh, yeah. uh whole space or black space whatever dark matter stuff that we don't even this know is, what to quantify it as than we actual don't even know. Like, physical, yeah. you know, things that we can actually we point know to. Nothing. We don't we know, we know nothing. very little, right? So yeah. you know, it takes me to like kind of it's really interesting. I'm glad we got to talk today because part of it is like seeing it from a different perspective of someone who went through a phase where you were very introverted and you've changed. And I actually kind of did the opposite of what you did. I went from being yeah. somebody that talked a lot to somebody that got very silent and kind of got very introspective and realized like everything that I was playing to be was a character and it's not real entirely. It's it's some of its conditioning. Some of it is uh, you know gathering of just conscious and unconscious data from different places that I've been in in life. And you really start to realize, okay, well, how did I get here? And you see like, okay, well, how much of this was really my own conscious effort versus how much of the universe is entirely moving on its own and I'm just a part of it? You know, starting to figure out like how much of this is really effort-based versus not really your control, you know, and and starting to surrender into that without getting depressed about the fact there's so many things that I don't control. Like one of the uh-huh, hardest yeah. things for me yeah. was to overcome the realization, like I'm really close to my mom. Yep. And the uh, hardest thing for me to realize was like, hey, look, she's going to die. Everybody that I love is going to leave, maybe before I do. Yeah. How am I going to live with that? And I couldn't, I could be a trillionaire. I could have all the money in the world and I couldn't save them. I couldn't fix anything yeah. if that were yeah. to take place, no matter how rich I was, no matter how intellectual I was. So all I can do is, find gratitude and that became my savior in that sense is like every day i would wake up and be like thank you god for giving me another day to just be alive and try better and and what do i mean by god right i'm not praying to some figure that's imaginative it's more of that silent place within me the source of the creation that made you me and everything else here that we don't understand and if somebody tries to say i know it and you don't that's just the game that we're playing but ultimately nobody knows but there is a silent place that we can't quite talk about but it exists inside all of us and that's what i refer to as my God or me that created whatever this entity is that's here in front of you, in front of this universe, taking a part in it and just kind of starting the day from there. So I'm wondering now if, if you've now through your journey have come up with some sort of a ritual or routine for you to stay grounded with, you know, who you are, but then also, you know, continue with the work that you're doing. You know, what do you try yeah. to do every day? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, for me, like I, if we're talking about, you know, you know, I think like, specific um i've tried a lot of things um to to do that you know in in terms of expressing gratitude and meditation and just a lot of different things i've tried what honestly what ends up working is just having some quiet time for myself you know by myself just just be still and to think Hmm. you know either in early either early in the morning you know I, i i wake up pretty early or either you know late at night when i'm trying to fall asleep is one of the time when Actually, my brain is pretty active. It's quite active, right? In terms of just reflecting on the day, right? What I what went right, what went wrong? How do I feel about making when I'm making certain decisions, um, and and just a whole bunch of things, random thoughts. I just let my brain go wild. Mm. In that sense, right? like no open the floodgates is what I like to call that feeling. Like, let yeah, it all loose. Like, let, let the th- let the thunderstorm <laughs> in. Let the let the storms in. The right? Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Just let it happen. It will yeah. happen naturally. Um, for me. Like those, I cherish those moments in the sense, right? Just because it just helps, it just helps me put perspective on everything, right? right. Whether 
had a good day, bad day, whatever the case may be, you just reflect on it, say, you know, articulate to me, like, you know, really identify why I'm feeling this way. Am I, why am I feeling happy, sad, discomfort, whatever the case mm. may be. Um, and realize that, you know, my own problems are, you know, putting it again in the context of just ev everything, the whole existence is nothing. Right. So, and that really humbles me. There's the size, just the gravity of, you know, my place in this universe and how just insignificant it is. It, it humbles me in the sense that it's not a big, it's not as big of a deal as you make it out to be. Right. 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 The thought that the monster is much bigger know, in the shadow than it is. in Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, uh, this is nothing I can, I can get over this and that motivates me, right. Rather than kind of, because for a lot of people, they look at kind of the grand scheme of things are like, Oh, you know, it, it's so big. I'm so little. This is hopeless. This is meaningless. Right. But for me, it's actually really liberating and very motivating in the sense that, you know, these problem, these big quote unquote big problems I have are small, you know, with regard, you know, in perspective that, I can overcome this, you know, think about all the things I used to thought that were life altering, you know, problems for the worse, you know, five, 10 years ago, I laugh at myself, my, my, my former self. Now it's like, Oh, you know, you kid, you, uh, you just don't know better at that age. Right. And it's like, you know, I look at those problems, like for example, getting, uh, you know, getting, you know, a, a C in my first, you know, you know, university physics midterm. I was like, that was the end of the world for me because I, I used <laughs> yeah, to be very active. Everybody in college, right? Like, right? Yeah. Just like you know, it's like for me now, it's like I'm glad actually. I, I'm actually glad I had that experience, right? Of yeah, you know, of uh, you know, getting uh, you know, a grade that maybe didn't uh, that I thought wasn't very good because knew that that really helped shape kind of my relationship with grades now, which is I don't really care much uh, as much anymore, right? with how I do well academically. I went through that whole phase of, you know, straight A's through like, you know, you know, growing up and everything like that. And then kind of like when you go through that, you know, phase of just, you know, you don't do as well. Um, you, you learn how to be resilient. You bounce back and you're like, this is because I used to really uh, conflate my, like I attached my, my identity to my academic performance. And that's, a terrible thing to do. Don't especially in Asian culture, my guy. That's uh, right. Huge exactly, exactly. That's that's what I was going to go to next uh, on the cultural context, right? <laughs> like, you know, you are so much. You are worth so much more than your grades, right? Or of course, it's uh, and that's you know, you know, not even just. I mean, just you know, primarily yes, Asian cultures, but just for everyone in general, right? Um, you know, it's going to be okay. Even if you fail that course, it's going to be okay. Yes, there's, right. There's another way. There's so many different ways of uh you know going to your destination then you know that it honestly at the end of the day like employers don't really care right let's be honest right so it's like for me like you know going through that process and i'm glad i had, had all all my failures i, I appreciate all my 100 percent. there are your learnings man i mean that's i mean you wouldn't they be who are, you are without that failure is is right my greatest teacher right that's for me not that you know it, it, that's what i've come to learn right i used to hate failures like oh failure is the worst you know this is i hate this feeling but now i'm just super appreciative of the lessons that i've learned through failures so that i can better myself in the future so 
Well, and another way to look at it is like you wouldn't know what success was if there wasn't failure. There are two sides of the same coin, so they coexist, right? So if you have never experienced failure, you'll never kind of know what success is like because you won't be able to differentiate. So you have to have experienced both. And that brings me to my last question for you, Godwin. I'm curious now. You've recorded so many different episodes. You're definitely doing one of the best podcasts you know, trying to make it really, really happen. And that's, I commend you for that, for being the introvert that you were and then growing to where you are today. And I'm curious, like, what is the story that you're trying to write with your life? You know, like, what's the intention the, or the out, like, what do you want to be remembered by? You know, and what is the intention for this work? Where are you trying to take it? How do you want to be remembered by it? Oh, if we're going to the, the question of legacy, that's a, oh man, that is a very, um, yeah, I really like this question. Uh, it helps kind of put everything, you know, into a very long-term perspective. Like, it's like, basically, what's the long-term goal, right? Or long-term vision. So for me, I've thought about this for, for a while also, right? You know, and for me, you know, a podcast, it, while it's great, you know, it's a great media production, you can do it, whatever. Um, it's only one piece of the grand grand puzzle I'm mm. trying to build, the grand, you know, grand um, kind of uh, final statue, whatever, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, for me, really, what I am seeking to do is to really build the world's largest community of introverts, full stop. Um, and, you know, and, and you can call me crazy all you want, but uh, what I've learned to do is, you know, through kind of, uh, you know, course of just ex- existing is that um, aiming high is always better than aiming low and achieving it, right? So, um uh, and, you know, I've always kind of made these very, or I've uh, begun to make these really gigantic, like, you know, audacious goals for myself. So that even though if I don't make it, I'll still be able to reach kind of, you know, achieve a higher position than say, like, you know, I, you know, my goal is to just create a little group of 100 introverts, right? That's fine. That's easily, I've already accomplished that, right? <laughs> and, and you know, I'm, I'm still nowhere, nowhere near satisfied, right? So. Um, you know, with, with that. And, you know, and, and on the other side of the same coin, it's um, really, I want with my mission, I really want to empower a million introverts worldwide. Right. So if you think about it, a million, uh, you know, relatively speaking, it is a large number, but it is not a humongous number. There's a big difference there. Right. Um, A million in a lifetime. It's not, it's if you really think about it, it's not that unattainable. Well, I mean, if you look at just right? social media, no. if you connect to a thousand people, you have two two people with a thousand friends. That's already a million people, you know, that you can network to. If you look at how nodes spread, right? Like technologically speaking, you know, digital introverts. You're really talking about technically everybody behind the screen is an introvert because you're communicating through a mode that doesn't really fully express you unless you're doing video or you're perhaps <laughs> you know, and even then maybe it's somewhat's artificial, right? So everybody is somewhat of a digital introvert if they're online and trying to communicate behind a screen. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You if, know, you, if you if you look at it that way, yeah, yeah right. Sure. So like to me, it's like a community is not restricted. Like I don't want people to walk away from this episode from listening to your conversation saying, "Well, I'm not an introvert. This doesn't apply to me." You know, that's an, entirely not true. We go through phases, ebbs and flows. There's going to be days where you feel upbeat and want to talk to people. And there's days and weeks where I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want yeah, to be exactly. I, I just want to work on my own <laughs> stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Man, and, this uh, is... Yeah, you know, and, and like, you know, what you're mentioning about, uh, you know, about a million, you know, not, you know, being, you know, 
not that hard to reach, you know, uh, once I do that, once I accomplish that, uh, I'll change the million to a billion. It's just, yeah. it's very simple, right? So um, maybe not a trillion. I don't know. I don't want that many people on this planet, to be honest with you. We'll but, probably, uh, we'll, we'll see you on yeah. Mars. No good. No worries. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, I'll see you we'll on, see you on, on uh, I'll see you on uh, Pluto, actually. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Man, before I end this episode, I'm curious if there's anything else you wanted to go into, anything, you, any topic wise, anything you have want to ask me or anything you want to just get into before we close out our episode. Yeah, so for me, it's just, I just wanted to express kind of, uh, yeah, just my gratitude to towards just having this fantastic conversation today in terms of uh, just, uh, because all all, diff- all my different conversations, are, they all, they're always kind of different angles and things like that. I think today was kind of one of, the, or, or this conversation rather, is that one of those that have really delved into uh, the philosophical side of things, which I haven't had a a huge chance to explore in depth recently like i've had obviously i've had a lot of these conversations in the past with different people that's why i can i can comment on them on them but uh definitely not recently and it it has gotten me thinking and uh i'm pretty sure when i'm trying to fall asleep tonight i'm just gonna have all these thoughts about this conversation all over again i think that's great that's fantastic man godwin i was so thankful to have you on this episode today and and likewise this was it was tremendous i love exploring things from different perspectives and i like your openness to at least you know let me kind of probe you a little bit and get into your brain and just find out you know what you're all about this has been nothing but fun for me i've enjoyed myself and you're always welcome back you know if you ever want to talk more philosophy that's something that i can literally talk for four hours on i've done it i've done (laughs) i've done three hour live shows where we're just talking rambling forever so it's it's really fun uh for me so you're always welcome and folks check out digital Digital Introverts Podcast. You can just Google, right? Digital Introverts Podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. A so beautiful you, website, you can, by the way. I want to commend you. Can you find on it. That. Yeah, it's basically digitalintrovertspodcast.com. Great website. Actually, Great website. I actually made. Yeah, I actually made it through. Uh, it's like it's it's like it's like a website builder. It's called Podpage. That's how Podpage. I. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. I built that. it, but uh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it has everything. It has kind of uh, my episodes. So you can listen. I mean, all the links to different mm. podcast players like the Apple, Spotify. Yeah, I saw you got them all, man. That's all the social, all the social media. Like I have a Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter. It's all on there. Like, when you can, find when can we expect the book to come out? <laughs> Great question. Oh, I twenty twenty one. Yeah, most likely. Like I'll. I'll see. I'll see. Uh, yeah. Just because I've currently just, it, it, I've put it on a little bit of a back burner right now, just because the podcast has been occupying a lot of the time. But and because I have so much more stories, I, I want to put in the book that it, they, oh, it kind of expanded. Perhaps the, you do volume one, content. volume two. You know, because you got that so could, you that got, could be the case. You have could. so many guests. I mean, shit. You already recorded what you said, one hundred and. 20, 30 people already. That's amazing, man. Now, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, that's incredible. How so, long did that take you, by the way? Eight months now. Yeah, eight months. Eight and so you're doing yeah, like two yeah. or three of these a week. Well, obviously, maybe more. Uh, yeah, depending. Know. Yeah, depending. But on average, like yeah, a few a week, basically. Yeah. Actually, now now that I've gotten you on this tangent, I might kind of want to end this real quick. I want to ask, like, what was it like for an introverted person like you to then try to reach out to other folks and be like, "Hey, man, you want to like talk to me and get on this show or whatever?" Like, and 150 of them or whatever. You know, that's insane. Like, what was that like? You know, what was your process for that? Oh, it was pretty. It was pretty straightforward, honestly. For me, like, you know, I, I already had the people that I interviewed for the book. I was like, "Hey, you don't want to." come back and do this uh, podcast and, and gotcha. okay. most of the people, most of them said yes. And um, it went pretty smooth sailing from there, just in terms of 
you know, they have, and, and, you know, I've gotten a lot of referrals from previous guests and that always helps, right? Kind of uh, keep right. the train going. Right. Um, and then I've uh, employed a few other methods, um, including, you know, I've joined a lot of Facebook groups on podcasting, like the ones that you, where you match like podcast guests and hosts with. Hmm. And then there are a lot of external, there are a few external websites I've joined as well. Like it's like, it's like that, it's like that Tinder model, but for podcasting, right? Like, you know, like I've joined a few like matchmaker.fm, podit.net, podcastguest.com. Like I had my had my podcast featured on that newsletter, right? And I got like at least 50 uh, requests to be on the show just through oh, that wow. newsletter alone. Incredible. Uh, so, yeah. So like, and I, and I get just random DMs on social media all the time, like especially LinkedIn. People are like, hey, you know, you're, you, I love your podcast. I'm an introvert too. You know, I love your story and uh, I want to be on it. And, you know, and, and. It's very, very much, very much serendipity in that case, right? So, Godwin, you're doing uh, a great thing, man. Keep it up. I'm so excited that we got to connect. I can't wait to see where we're going to be in a decade, two decades from now. I'm really looking forward to all of the good things you're doing. Come back anytime. And if Blossom Media Studio can help you at all with your podcast stuff, let us know, man. We'll hook you up. We want to see good people like this just thrive. So this is this has been nothing but fun. Uh, I really, really appreciate it, man. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you. Cool. No worries. Take care.